Oh, no. 
God. Everybody said praise the Lord. If you have a, a Bible tonight, I'd like to turn your attention in God's Word. I'd like to begin in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 4. It's wonderful to be in God's house and to experience the presence of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 4. and 15 here. Even 16 is good. They're all good. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Verse 15, what we call a double negative. I'd like to remove the double negative. It does not change the meaning of the verse and actually makes it clearer. For we have and high priest which can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Everybody said feeling. But was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. I'm turning to uh, Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Verse 21 of Matthew chapter 15. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Cana came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away. For she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Everybody said dog. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to just take a, sh a few short minutes tonight, and I hope that you will <clears throat> step in from this earliest of century to our time in which we live, and I'd like to preach on, Jesus is feeling you, dog. 
You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I realize that through the years, vernacular terminologies change. And there are things that, and that can go both ways. There are things that used to be harmless that now those type of words, we don't use them having the Holy Ghost. And there are words that they just meant what they meant. A dog was a dog. But today it has become some kind of terminology among people and a way, in, a, in a, I want to say, in almost a loving way that people kind of communicate a little bit. And I know that there are words. We used to get a big kick out of my pastor when he used the word cool. And uh, all the kids at that time, back in the 70s, that was a big word. And it was kind of funny to hear him say it, though, you know. But he would, he would stay up with things, and uh, we all pretty much try to stay up with it, especially so we can understand what's going on and uh, everything not to kind of go by us. I know that <clears throat> in, in most times uh, we have to pay attention also in the English language to how things are spelled. Um, you know, it wasn't always very wise to tell somebody, you're so fat. But, you know, if you spell it P-H-A-T, that's a great compliment. What can I say? So you just got to know where you're at. And you got to make sure that your, uh, your context is right and uh, your usage in the sentence is right. And, uh, but here we have, we have this great high priest. Sometimes God, people's view of God, perception of God, is that he is very, very, very far away and that he is remote from us, that he is so big and so great, so powerful, and he is all of those things. But the feeling is, the attitude is, the misperception is that he's so far and so big and so bad that, you know, it's little old us down here and he's way out there past the furthest constellation and, and you know, that's just too, too, too removed from us. But that's why God, who is a spirit, chose to come in the flesh. That's one of the reasons. Because in coming in the flesh, then that flesh being made after the nature of Abraham. Bible was very clear. He did not take upon himself the nature of angels. But he took upon him the nature of Abraham. And that he then became someone in the flesh that could experience and then identify with what we go through, what kind of situations we have, and the emotions that we feel, the ups and the downs, and the things that uh, inspire us and motivate us, or the things that discourage us and uh, cause us to feel depressed and unhappy. And the Lord is very much aware as it is written. He's such a great high priest that he partook of things down here. And he became, as it was written of the prophet, uh, one that was subject to like passions just as we are. He got on our level. No wonder when they brought the woman to Jesus and cast her at his feet and said that she was caught in the very act of sin and that the law said that she was to be stoned. What do you say, Master? And so Jesus, in the beginning, wouldn't even acknowledge them. He ignored them. Bible said he stooped down and he just began to write in the dirt and that 
when he straightened himself up and leveled them with a gaze, he told them, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. And of course, they being convicted from the oldest to the youngest, they begin to depart from his presence. They begin to kind of back away and slink away and slither away and left the woman. And he looked at her and he said, woman, where are those thine accusers? And she said, there's nobody here but me and thee, Lord. And that's what you better remember. It's always going to reduce down to the lowest terms. It's going to be you and it's going to be him that you're going to answer to. And Jesus had shown that he had come in the flesh, that he could identify with the difficulties and the struggles and the problems because he stooped down. He showed that there was a coming down from the heavens above to the earth beneath. That there was going to be getting down on your level. And I am a high priest that can be touched. I'm not going to be so high, high above you that I'm unreachable. But I'm going to stoop down. I'm going to the Bible said condescend to people of low estate. I'm going to come right on down there. I'm going to wrap myself in flesh and I'm going to feel what you feel experience what you experience identify with you have compassion on you so the Bible teaches that there was a day when Jesus had taken uh, the multitude well he didn't take them they followed him and he looked at his disciples and his words were, I have compassion on the multitude because they have followed for three days and they've had nothing to eat. Well, that was three days he didn't have anything to eat. So he was able to identify. He was feeling the hunger pains. The headache was on the edge right there. And the dryness of his mouth and his lips all of that he was experiencing. He wasn't something remote here. He wasn't something removed here. He wasn't something that wasn't experiencing what the masses were experiencing, the multitude of the people. They weren't just cattle out there. They weren't just sticks and stones and rocks. These were people. They were common people. They were ordinary people. And he identified with them. He ministered to them. He felt what they felt. He experienced what they experienced. And he said, we're going to do something about it. I have compassion upon them. And the disciples reacted and said, who among us would have enough bread to feed this great number of people? Jesus said, what have we got? And they checked it out. And they said, well, we've just got a few loaves and fishes here. That's about it. And Jesus began to set everybody down in order. How many people don't get fed because they won't sit down and get in order? They refuse the authority. They refuse the orderliness of the work of God and the leadership that God brings and puts in our lives. People don't respond sometimes to that with a favorable manner. And in so doing, they cheat themselves out of the meal that God has provided and will provide for them. It's so important to listen to the voice of the authority that puts our lives in order. That stabilizes us. Tries to put a little peace and a little tranquility a little order 
people live on a yo-yo string. Talking about ups and downs. Constantly. Constantly. Jesus wants to, one place said, put our feet in an even place. He wants to put us where the ground is level. He doesn't want us to be off kilter and off balance. You can uh, have a problem with your, say, your right knee or your right hip, and you can compensate for it by putting, shifting all the weight to the left side of your body. First news, you know you're going to have a problem with your left hip or your left knee or your left foot because you've shifted everything and put all that extra. It's important to get on a level footing here. It's important to get things balanced out in your life. It is written, let your moderation be known for the Lord as at hand. Let there be a balance here. Let people see a balance. Let your life be balanced. Let your thinking, your emotions. People are schizophrenic because their chemistry is not in balance. Do you hear me? People do weird and unbelievably weird things because there's an imbalance in their chemistry, in their system and they have to give them certain things to try to balance that out and when they find themselves doing something strange, somebody will say they're off their meds. That means that they're not taking what's needed to put things in balance. Let me tell you, when, a, when you don't eat well, when you're sick and your stomach's upset, then you're off your feed. It means I can't eat right because something's wrong in there. Let me tell you, you want God to put balance in your life, in your body, in your soul, and in your spirit. You want your chemistry to be balanced. You want things to be right. And he does that. He does that. He does that. You don't want to live in a constant upheaval. You don't want to live walking on eggshells. You don't want to live where you never know you know, how somebody's going to be from second to second. I almost said day to day, but I think it's a little more accelerated than that. Sometimes it's from one second to the next. One minute we got a smile, the next minute we got a frown. One minute we got a shout, the next minute we got a pout. You know, you just never know with some people, and that's a miserable way to have to live. Let's get some balance going on here. Let's get some level footing. Let's get some evenness in our lives. Let's get some order and some decency. Let's get things in balance. Let's get our chemistry in balance. Let's get our spiritual walk in balance. Let's not find ourselves all about bipolar. One day I'm up, up, up and I can do anything. And the next day I'm down, down, down. And I can't uh, I drown in a spit. My God, let me get balanced. Let me get settled. Let me grow in grace and knowledge. Let me be fed on the Lord and strengthened by that feeding. You know, it just boils down to the problem. I, we always say the only thing anybody's got something going on all mixed up in their lives, the only thing that they need is a good dose of the Holy Ghost. Are you off your med? <laughs> you know, you don't want to be missing church. You don't want to be missing prayer. You don't want to be missing all the good spiritual vitamins and nutrients that the Lord provides in the ways that He provides it. You do not want to find yourself falling short of the good uh, in, uh, balanced diet that the Lord. You know, if you just, I'm sorry people, but if you just live on the fast food, you're going to be one little more sick puppy. Let me tell you, you got to get something in there that's got some green in it. You got to get some vitamin in there. You got to get some nutriment in there. You got to get from God what's good for you and what's good it may not always taste I like McDonald's I don't like a salad 
Once in a while you need something that maybe you just don't like that much, but it's going to help balance your life. You need that Holy Ghost balance. You ought to come to church and say, I need a good preaching too. I want to hear from God. Amen. God ruffles your feathers. They need ruffling. Even a good smart bird buff ruffles his own feathers. What you think they call preening? Some people's preening means that they're, they're just all the time going around, you know. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about them taking that beak and getting in their own feathers and getting things cleaned out a little bit. Almost said maybe you ought to go home and preen out your closet. Once in a while you got to told one of our young men the other day, I said, that shirt needs to go to the yard sale. And he's very fortunate that I told him because some of them I just go take it and put it in the yard sale. I have been known to do that. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Everybody said, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to be auctioning off Brother Marvin's yellow shirt pretty soon. I know you all know what that yellow shirt is. That thing is a classic, my friend. That's going to auction. I, I Start saving your money because I think it's going to bid pretty high. Yes, sir, I, that's vintage, let me tell you. I know that thing got to be from the day he was born. We're going to get that thing right out there. Woo, everybody said hallelujah. Give God a big hand, come on now. <clears throat> I tell them all the time, look like uh, you just stepped out of a waffle iron, son. She said, Feld said to me today, she called one of the young men, she said, it looked like God reached right down and got a hold of his suit right in the front and just twisted it. She said, what's going on there? I said, I hadn't the faintest idea. I don't know. I'm seeing what you're seeing, though. I'm telling you what. I think the answer is he just needs a good wife. I said, a good wife. Now, you know, if you're a good wife, you, you are familiar with the iron. You do know what the washer and the dryer is. You have, you're on intimate relationship with those items in the house. And a mop is not strange to you. And my wife likes to vacuum. And I tell her, girl, what are you doing all that? She said, I'm doing aerobics. I'm burning calories. Leave me alone. I said, okay, I'm out of here now. Bye. Whoop, down the road I go. <laughs> oh, brother, that's all right. Come on. You know, once in a while, if you just get all pent up, Ladies, grab the vacuum and push that thing around. Don't push your man around. Push the vacuum around and get some of that pent-up uh, feelings and emotions out of your system. And do yourself a little physical exercise once in a while. It will help you, believe me. And while you're doing it, sing a song of Zion. While you're doing it, pray a little prayer. While you're doing it, give glory to God. And you just might wind up shouting a little bit. And getting what you really need. I need a touch from the master. Well, I'm sorry this has turned into women's conference part two, but what can I say? It must be in the air. Well, here comes this woman. She comes to Jesus. Now, you know, Jesus was in the stratosphere, and she was down under the bottom layers of the earth here. And she felt very remote, very removed, very small, very insignificant. But she had a need in her life, and she had nowhere else to turn, and she heard about him. One place, uh, I didn't read you Mark's account, but Mark's account said that he went into a house, and he would have no man know it, but he could not be hid. 
let me tell you something. You've got this good gift of the Holy Ghost. It can't be hid. It's not to be put under a bushel basket. It's not to be shoved under a bed somewhere. That light is to be out there so that people who are coming can see which way to come and what the goal is and where to get to. And he could not be hid. And when she heard that he was there, she came. Oh, come on now. Here comes this woman. She's a stranger. She's an outcast. She's not even part of the whole house of Israel. And she is knocking on that door. And whoever answered that door must have been uh, absolutely blown away. What in the world are you doing knocking on this door? She said, I've come to see Jesus. I'm sure she brushed on past the butler, brushed on past the maid, brushed on past whoever answered the door and went on in and found him and began to tell him, pour out her problem. One account said he didn't even answer her, not a word. And the, and the disciples came up, which became so typical of them, and said, send her away. She's, she just keeps on coming around. You know, she's that one that was following us here just a couple hours ago. Just send her away. The Bible teaches that she began to look at him with pleading eyes. And he said, woman, he said, he said, I've got to go to the children here. I've got to give the bread to the children. I can't give the bread to the dogs. And I, I have preached many times that, my God, many a person, there would have been a lawsuit right then. People would, in our day and age, people would file a lawsuit. They'd go into litigation. He insulted me. He called me a dog. Blah, 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 blah. Let me get my 15 minutes of fame. Come take my picture. Let me get on my little stump here and maybe I can get a whole bunch of money out of this. Let me see what I can milk this for. But she never blinked an eye. She even said, truth, Lord, what you're saying is right. Truth, Lord. She said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the children's table. You talking about I'm feeling your dog? Let me tell you something. He can be touched with the feelings of our weaknesses are, you you got to tell God sometimes, Lord, I am weak. Dear God, I my mouth, my tongue is very slippery, and it just says things it shouldn't say. My tongue is sharp, and it's poisonous like, a, like some kind of sidewinder rattlesnake. You know, a sidewinder rattlesnake is a desert rattlesnake. It don't coil, and it don't warn. It strikes quickly. Must be why they named that that rocket that they put under the wings of those F-16s, they call them sidewinders. Must be why, huh? Got the same characteristics as that snake. And sometimes people's tongues can be just like a sidewinder. Before they know it, they're saying something sharp. They're saying something mean. They're saying something that's injecting poison and creating a battle for somebody. Hear me when I tell you, Jesus Christ looked at this woman and he was feeling that dog. He was feeling that woman. He can be touched. He can feel. No wonder the Bible said to feel after him. It's not a futile exercise. It's not a waste of time. When you get a hold of God, when you bring and make your request known unto him, when you fall at his feet, when you worship him, when you instead of always telling about the other person, you might want to bring yourself and tell him how miserable and low down and weak you are. Powerless you are. Need your help. I need your help with the problem of me. I need your help. I got a problem that I can't do anything with. I keep falling into the same old pit, same old trap, same old situation. 
I go home to the same thing every day. And it hits me. Oh, yeah. And Jesus said, great is your faith, woman. You brought this to me. You poured out your heart. You told the truth. You took everything I threw at you. Even called you a dog. But in our day and age, he was saying, I'm feeling you, dog. I'm feeling what you're saying. You didn't let anything knock you down. You didn't let anything turn you right or left. You didn't give up. You didn't throw in the towel. You didn't quit. And your motive was right. You wanted an answer, an answer of peace. And I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And he gave it to her. And he told her because her faith was great, everything would be fine. It would all be taken care of. And that's how she found it, taken care of. Let me tell you, my God knows how to take care of business. I tell bad business back there they ought to take that song, taking care of business, and turn it into a spiritual song. Because my God takes care of business. He's not slowful. He's not out of touch. He's not out of reach. He's not old-fashioned. He is up-to-date, up-to-the-minute. He knows everything about human beings and their hearts. And if we'll just sit down and take it, he can put everything right in our lives. Things can be done decently and in order. Everybody said amen. Well, take a moment. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. I'm feeling you, dog. Don't think that he doesn't feel it. Don't think that he doesn't feel it. Amen. Don't think that he is removed and far away and the devil tells you nobody understands. And he's a liar. He's always been a liar. Your God understands. He knows lots of things about you. He knows things you don't know about yourself. He knows why you react the way you react. Why you think the way you think. He knows all about it. He can feel it. He can feel it. He knew who that woman was feeling. He knew how she was feeling. I'm feeling you, dog. I'm feeling your pain. I'm feeling your confusion. I'm feeling your, your upset stomach and your upset heart. I'm feeling it. Feeling it. Come on now. Come on now. I bring myself to you, Lord. Say things are getting to a critical stage. All the more reason for you to convey your feelings to him. You make sure that he's feeling you. You don't be lame. You don't be, be limpid. You don't uh, just do some little powder puff thing here. You get it across to him. You communicate with him as the Bible teaches an effectual communication. That means that it's powerful, it's strong, it's fervent, it's, it's non-ambiguous. It means it can't be misconstrued, it can't be misunderstood, it's plain plainly spoken putting it right out there to you Lord I need your help are you feeling me Jesus I'm telling you he's feeling you feels your pain feels your misery feels your confusion let him do something about it that's the thing let him do something about it You come to him not wanting your way, your remedy, your prescription. You come to him and you dump it out his lap. They, the Bible said they brought people that were lame and blind and deaf 
and mute and all kinds of things and they laid them at his feet and he healed them bring everything to him there's nothing impossible with this God that we serve nothing nothing is impossible with him he can don't let the devil talk you out of every good potential thing that God's got for you he is a liar that devil you gotta throw that devil off you gotta shake that snake off you gotta tell yourself no poison is gonna harm me that I have the power in the Holy Ghost to touch my God and cause him to feel me Oh, yes. Jesus Christ looked at his own mother in the flesh and said, Woman, what do I have to do with thee? It was like she never heard him. She looked at the disciples, big old lumbersome Peter and young John and others, and she said, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Next thing you know, Jesus is saying, Go get me some water pots. Fill them with water. And then serve them out to the guests. Oh, friend, Song of Solomon. A very intimate book of the relationship between Jesus Christ and his church. And he looked at one place in the church and he said, Your eyes have overcome me. Oh, friend, there was something in Mary's eyes that day. She represented the church. And woman, what have I to do with thee? And that look just came right there. and He felt that. Oh, I'm feeling you, dog. I feel it's coming through here. I got it. Go get me the water pots. Performed his first miracle right there at the wedding feast at Cana. Took care of business. People came screaming and running and governor of the feast and saying, man, People serve the best up front, and everybody later on doesn't care as much. And then we bring out the stuff that's not so good, but not so. You save the best for the last. I tell you, you want to hang in here. You, you want to hang in here. You want to fight for every good thing that Jesus Christ has for you. You don't want to throw in the towel. You don't want to quit. You don't want to let the devil tell you, nobody understands me. That's garbage. <laughs> he understands. feeling your dog. I'm telling you. Feeling you. Feeling you. Just sit down. Get in order. Get fed. Grow in grace and knowledge. Have faith and trust. Amen. And just remember, one woman went home very happy and all she got was a crumb. You get a whole lot more than a crumb. You hear me? You get a whole lot more than a crumb. He is the bread of life. You got the whole loaf here. You got the factory. You get the manna that comes straight from heaven. You don't get any of them uh, uh, go on the computer and download somebody's little uh, poetry here, and that's what you get. You don't get that junk. That's why some people are sick, and some people are unhappy, and some people can't get anything, and why they're reaching back into the world and following worldly celebrities and calling them great, because they're not getting that hot, buttered, fresh manna. And you do. You get the whole loaf, honey, let me tell you. He's feeling your needs. And he ministers to it. Have compassion on them. He multiplied it and set it out and fed them. He met their needs in the desert. Think about that. In a dry place. In a dry place. He took care of business. And everybody said hallelujah. 
Let's take a moment once again. Lift our hearts with our hands. See if you can put a little something into it. Put a little something into it. That woman cried after them. She kept on. She wasn't going to let go. She wasn't going to quit. She didn't care about the looks and the stares. People acting weird about her coming around. Who do you think? Who are you? What are you doing here? You're an outcast. You're a Syrophoenician. You're from Cana. You ain't nobody. What you doing here? Even Jesus said, can't give this to you. This is for the children. And she said, Lord, I'll take a crumb. There's more power in one crumb from you, Lord, than in all of this whole religious world and what they offer, dear God. I need something from you. Are you feeling my need here, Jesus? You're a great high priest that can be touched. I can come boldly. I can come with confidence because you're able to give me what I need. You're able to play, to minister to my need here, Lord. I need your help, Lord. There's a problem in me. There's a controversy in me. There's a tie-up in me. There's a pit that I fall into, a cycle that I fall into all the time. I want you to lift me up out of that horrible pit. I want you to set me on high. I want you to sustain me. Hold me up, lift up my head. Let me be a woman of great faith. Let me be a man of faith, a man of God. Thank you, Jesus. I give you praise for feeling me, Lord. For feeling my pain. Feeling my confusion. How mixed up I get. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for being mindful of me. I thank you, Lord of glory. We need an outpour of your spirit. Come on now.